Okay, you managed to join. Yes, I did. Okay, uh, awesome. Um, I think I'm not sure if you're able to hear me. Uh, loud and clear. Okay. Um, we'll do a a short, short, short. I think it'll be a short one. Yeah. A, a short talk and a short. I don't know if it's an interview or a talk. Maybe a talk. <laughs> uh, uh, from the, the the questions I sent. Uh, okay. Um, I got it. They're going to follow as as they as they were. Um. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should follow them as they were, so yeah, that yeah. we are able, so that we are able to, because the way they're doing that, they're going to get their nail as they go down. Yeah, they do actually. Uh, yeah, but uh, a short, maybe a short introduction. I to introduce myself. Uh, uh, the guy who has interest in uh, the field of development, finance, and investing. And the, the podcast today will be focused uh, into talking about entrepreneurship, uh, policies of entrepreneurship in Botswana, and uh, how Botswana uh, can be able uh, to benefit from the stock market. And uh, one of the most recent uh, developments where Botswana was uh, blacklisted by European Union. So uh, that is uh, the idea of how this podcast will be going. And we are joined by Podiso uh, Mpo Patswani. Um, he will uh, go much on his profile and we can carry on with questions. Okay. Good afternoon. Umpile. Uh, my name is Podiso uh, Patswani, medical doctor by profession, uh, currently practicing in Botswana uh, with interest in investment and a stock market investor by, by himself. That's, that's great. So, uh, medical doctor, following this, the, the, the steps that were Michael Berry. Precisely. <laughs> that's great, sir. Um, from the, uh, the questions that we have here, we wanted to understand from you, Hela Hore, uh, what do you think of uh, entrepreneurship uh, in Botswana, uh, the, the scope of it, uh, how do you see it? Is it developing? Is it going back? Or is it stagnant? Okay. Well, entrepreneurship, uh, uh, if I may start, entrepreneur is actually a French word. It's, a borrowed, it's an English borrowed French word, uh, meaning to undertake. Relevance to its uh, usage in the modern context may be defined as undertaking a venture that sets us to address a need in the society. For example, starting an enterprise that helps bridge the gap in communication by starting a cell phone manufacturing plant, starting an internet connectivity business, or goods home delivery business. By that way, you are, you are uh, standing in the gap between the consumer and uh, provider. So Botswana, more especially, the youth have grown a, have a, have grown a strong desire to start their own ventures as the current job market is unable to accommodate even half of the graduates from our local institutions. This is also influenced by the sudden boom of international thought towards uh, self-employment and startup culture that has gained traction in the last two decades or so. But however, uh, this is hampered by funding in, in, in our country. Funding is a really big uh, challenge to upcoming entrepreneurs 
and uh, if this uh, challenge can be faced and tackled with, I foresee entrepreneurship really blossoming in the country. That's great. Uh, when you talk about uh, funding, uh, uh, there's something that uh, that has been making rounds around that we have uh, different types of funding. We have what we call debt funding, I think, which is the most common one in our country. And we have the funding. So which one do you think should be the, the funding that a startup entrepreneur should be going after? And how... Uh, can they be able to assess the risky funding about that in life? Very true, very true. Uh, with funding, we do have uh, debt funding, which is uh, the most common and the most uh, understood type of funding in which uh, a business approaches a, a funding institution, more especially uh, banks, which are the most uh, common funding the funding institutions uh, in seeking for a loan to start up a business. But then with setting up a business, most especially as an, an upcoming entrepreneur who has never been exposed to the business world, uh, it might be a challenge because the venture that you're going into might not be profitable for some time. You might go a year or two without having a broken even uh, in your business. So debt funding uh, is really challenging because the moment that you take uh, out credit or a loan, uh, the the person who's uh, or institution that is providing you that loan will be expecting uh, monthly payments yeah. Yeah. Uh, with interest on that loan. And uh, unfortunately, you might not have uh, started making any profit or any, any returns in your business in which yeah. it might put you in a tight place because uh, in future or as the business is running, uh, you might need to also expand uh, your processes. But if you're going to be held up by having to pay most of your, your revenues to the bank. You're not going to be able to smoothly operate your business. And then there's equity funding. Equity funding is whereby a company uh, would approach, uh, would approach uh, an investor and offer shareholding in the business to the investor for, for funds or for capital. In this case, uh, usually the terms of, uh, of the funding are usually not so not so rigid they're very flexible in the sense that uh, the business the business owner can agree with the investor that for the for the first three years or the first four years uh, what i pro what i what i'm projecting is that i might not be making that much money so why not me not pay you any dividends or any or any returns from the business but later on as the business grows to a certain uh, revenue uh, revenue capacity that's when or profitability that's when i will pay you uh, dividends as the investor so in that case investors are really more, more understanding and it allows also for the startup entrepreneur to run and grow that business in that time without heavy restrictions and uh, restrictions to capital operating the business so for startups i would say equity funding is more is more preferable than debt funding even though in our country, we all know that equity funding is a bit of a challenge. That's, that's great. Uh, talking of uh, equity funding, or because uh, that's the, the portion or giving a bit of a portion of your business to someone uh, to own for forever. We have uh, a lot of uh, youth, I would say youth, because uh, the people that we interact with a lot, they have 
reservations and giving uh, people uh, equity into their business. Uh, we also have, uh, let's say, for example, you, your startup, maybe you want employees and you're not able to pay employees salary because you don't have any cash flow. Uh, and uh, maybe you can give them uh, equity into your business. Do you think it's a, it's a good idea to pursue, to give your employees that you are starting with a bit of equity, pay them with equity to build up your startup and uh, to be, you know, so that you can progress into the future? Yes, um, with, uh, with in, the, in, the, in, that, in that scope, it's very important because when you repay your, your, your early on employees with equity, it's very important to choose and to be, to be sure that the, your employees have a certain goal or are inclined or have a, have a certain goal with you in where you want to take the business because then they're no, they no longer employees, but they're shareholders. So they are your partners in the business. So you are trusting them with your business because at the end of the day, if uh, maybe they might be in disagreement with you, they can uh, buy you out of your own business. So it's very important to make sure that your, your early on employees have the same vision with you uh, and where you want to take the business. And uh, in the case that you, can, you are unable to, to pay them cash and uh, equity is the only last resort that you can do and you feel that your employees uh, have the same vision with you on where you want to take your business, then that is okay. The challenge with uh, equity funding uh, or sharing equity with, with certain people or entities is that it's a foreign concept uh, to us. We have not really come to understand it fully. But once you grasp the concept and really get to understand it, you see the, the advantages of it. Because... Yeah. You cannot always have access to, to capital, but at the end of the day, every business needs funding, needs capital to operate. That's that's great. Um, uh, that that's very great. Uh, we have uh, also in the in, in scope of talking about entrepreneurship, we have policies that I think should be guiding entrepreneurship. Do you think the policies that we have currently in the country are they favoring uh, entrepreneurship and? If not, how do you think they can be improved so that we can skyrocket our entrepreneurship sector uh, to where to Silicon Valley levels? True. Um, in the current scope of, the, of policies, uh, I feel our policies are not so are not so bad in facilitating for entrepreneurs. Uh, as recently, the government has set aside uh, certain businesses for to be started and operated by locals, which is, which is, a, good, is, a, good, uh, is a good initiative. And also uh, looking at uh, uh, our banks and also some entrepreneur, entrepreneur startup funding institutions by government. And uh, government is, always, is also actually trying to play a role in setting up uh, entrepreneurship uh, or facilitating entrepreneurship in the country for startup businesses as it's providing capital through entities like CEDAR uh, and, uh, and NDB and other, and other banks that are, and other institutions that are funded by government uh, to facilitate for entrepreneurship. It's not enough. More can be done to the level of Silicon Valley. Uh, the thing with Silicon Valley is that Silicon Valley is not so much uh, public funds, but rather private funds. And uh, when you talk about efficiency, uh, in most instances, government is not so 
or not always efficient. But when it comes to efficiency in business, private companies, um, I might say, are the most uh, placed, better placed to see talent and to pick up talent and to pick up uh, opportunities where maybe government might not be able to pick up. Investing in uh, prospects and companies and businesses that have a better edge at succeeding and becoming great companies at the end of the day. As you can see, when startups in, in, in the US, like Amazon, Facebook, and uh, Google, all of them were funded by private companies. Some, some companies and some funders, venture capitalists, did not see the need, but uh, others who invested in them saw the need. And that's why we have the companies today. So in our country, I would say it's very important for us to groom uh, private funding, venture capitalists to come up and uh, private investors to come up and see the need and see the opportunities that there are in the country and fund them. Because they are better placed to see talent than government institu institutions. Uh, you you mentioned something about the citizen income, uh, citizen economic empowerment uh, that the government is uh, setting aside some uh, businesses for uh, for the locals, uh, but some people have their reservations that maybe the the citizen economic empowerment bill is not doesn't address the problems that the native Botswana are currently facing. Do you think there's some improvements that should be made to it? Or is it fine as it is right now? now. Um, as it is right now, it's a startup. It's 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 the first it's the first time we've seen such a such a move in our country. So it's 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 a, it's a learning curve. Uh, usually they say Rome wasn't built in one day, and uh, so is investment, and so is uh, policies. Policies are built upon and improved upon uh, now existing ones. This is Jonah uh, saying that says. Uh, yeah. So, yes. so in the in that sense, uh, I feel there, there can be improvements, uh, but for now, as it is, I say it's a starting point. Let us utilize what we have now, and let's see where you can improve on as time goes on. That's 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 great. Um, we have we have the uh, the youth that uh, that feel left out of uh, the, the game uh, that are left out of the uh, the whole planning of uh, where the direction of the country should be going to but they are leaders of tomorrow or they are the uh, the future uh, in, 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 they're going to inherit what the current leaders are doing for them right now and we recently saw the uh, the facebook or the social media uh where local artists and uh, local celebs, you know, we are getting frustrated and we are getting a backlashes from the poor governance about. Uh, do you think it is upon us, Botswana, uh, or should we follow a certain channel uh, to channel our frustrations? You're loud and clear. Uh, yes, there has been a, I'd rather say, a movement of recent in which youth are really uh, up on 
up on the government to, to say we've been left out, mainly because of uh, unemployment. There's been a, a rampant unemployment for the past decade or so, more than a decade or so uh, in the country. And once uh, there's unemployment, unemployment builds frustration. A frustration that, you know what, I went to school, I got a degree, I got a diploma, I got a certificate, but here I am sitting at home, not utilizing that, that knowledge that I learned at school. And uh, I went to school with the, with the promise uh, that uh, I'll get a job, if I may yeah. say, or with the hope that I'll get a job after I'm completed school. Uh, because when we're young, we're raised up uh, with the thought that to, you'll be the leaders of tomorrow. And so <laughs> now the youth is questioning, you, prom- you, you promised us uh, as leadership that we'll be the leaders of tomorrow, but uh, where is the leadership and where, where is the work that we have promised? Uh, when we're young. So it's, there's, a, there's a movement that has been going on of recent from artists and other Botswana and other youth uh, that are really questioning uh, where the governance is going. But then uh, with, uh, with business or with entrepreneurship, if I may say, it's not a one, one size fits all. It's, yes. it's, it's an individual uh, journey that one has to take. And uh, for business, there are always risks and there will always be hurdles that one needs to, to, to move over. Uh, like we had already said before, funding is a big challenge. But then if you're going to sit along, sit along and say, there's no funding to start my, my project, so I'm just going to sit and, uh, and do nothing, you'll never get anywhere. So you have to put up your shoes, go out, meet people, see, seek funding for your business and for your ideas to materialize. Because it's just the first step. Uh, or the first hurdle that you need to overcome to start your business. Because many, many hurdles will come in, in, in the future. And this early on hurdles that you're experiencing are building you to be able to, to overcome the hurdles that will come tomorrow. So I would say to the youth that it's not so much about us uh, sitting and uh, complaining much about the, the current political uh, environment that we are facing and the rampant unemployment, but it's time for us also to to put on our shoes and and face our challenges head on, take the bull by the horns, and really see the change that you want to see in our lives. Yeah. Okay. Um, we when we move on uh, into uh, other times, we have recently, or we are currently in the, uh, the facing a pandemic that we all don't understand really understand the whole world the corona pandemic uh, or the covid-19 we have um our own stock market in the country uh, Botswana and we have seen stock markets in other countries crashing but surprisingly when i was going through our stock market in Botswana maybe i maybe i didn't really understand it that much i didn't see the much movement as other stock markets as they were crashing i think for, I think for well, there was a company in, in our stock market i forgot which one is that it actually gained in i missed the the, the the pandemic what do you think or what do you make of our our stock market uh, and how do you think Botswana can be able to benefit from the stock market no okay Maybe just to start off with an overview of what a stock market is for our listeners that may not know what the stock market is, is there for. Uh, the stock market is a, is a place where buyers and sellers meet to exchange financial goods, in this case, securities. Uh, the market is, 
is commonly known as, as commonly known enables uh, companies that need capital to raise capital to do so. Usually sums that are needed by the company are large, are too large for a bank or a single entity to provide. At times, this, this, this money ranges in the hundreds of millions or even billions. And this can be done through two ways. Uh, equity listing, also known as an IPO, in which a company sells its shares to the public and the new shareholders uh, are promised dividends as the, as the company's profits uh, in future. Uh, and also through debt, debt issuing in the form of bonds, which the company sells to the public with a promise of uh, int annual interest payments on those bonds. Um, so uh, with our uh, stock market and the, and the current in the country, uh, we have a relatively small stock market with little partic participation from, from individuals or the public. Uh, I think uh, it's because maybe there hasn't been much education in the past uh, to Botswana to educate them about the stock market and really what the stock market does and what, what its purpose is. Uh, so mainly large shareholders in our stock market are institutional investors, uh, the likes of asset management companies, pension funds, uh, insurance companies, and other large companies or high net individuals. So entities such as this usually do not let go of their, of their shares e easily. And so the way that the market operates is that uh, in, in, for a share price to increase or decrease, there's to be demand uh, for, that, for, that stock, for that stock. In the case, let me say stock uh, AEA, mm -hmm. for it to increase in share price, there's to be relatively high demand more people willing to buy that stock. So if more, more people are willing to buy that stock, the sellers uh, will be able to sell the, the stock at a higher price uh, because more people are willing to buy so that they can be, make a profit also. In that case, the stock, might, the stock price goes up. And uh, in the case that the company is not doing well, uh, more people want to sell the stock. And uh, if they sell the stock, more people will be willing to, to sell than to buy. So they're willing to sell at a lower price uh, to people who are buying so that uh, those people who are buying can be incentivized to buy the stock and which the price goes down. So what has been happening in the, in the international community is that uh, there's been lockdowns in almost every country, meaning that businesses have been suffering. Uh, stocks are a piece of businesses. So basically it's just a reflection of the business that you're buying. You are buying a piece of your business when you buy a share. You're not really buying something that is just there. Uh, uh, that has no uh, attachment to anything. Basically, you're buying a business. Yeah. And so if a business is not operating uh, and there's no revenue coming to the business, it shows that profits might, might be reduced in the future. So more people are willing to sell those shares or that business to other people so that they can go keep the money in cash or go buy another business that they feel will do better during this lockdown. So with Botswana, uh, because uh, we have a majority of our shares are owned by institutional investors. Institutional investors usually do not uh, sell uh, shares easily. So they buy to hold because they, they feel that uh, if a business is doing well, it will continue doing well. This is just a hiccup in the, in the stock market. And the company will bounce back. So they're not inclined to sell, unlike in other countries where individuals... Uh, 
are more are more part, participate more in the stock market, in which when the sale price goes low, individuals will be more inclined to sell uh, and keep money and keep their funds in cash or sell and go buy another company. So with our market, the reason why it hasn't really shown much uh, movement and there's a in just COVID uh, COVID uh, there's a COVID era. Uh, is because of that. And also with, with uh, certain markets like the American market, they produce uh, their financials on a quarterly basis. So every three months, you are able to have a glimpse of how the company's revenues or profits are doing. So that can also influence you uh, to sell or to buy the stock. So in our market, we, the market actually, companies produce uh, or release financials every six months. Meaning that mm-hmm. if a company had released its, its financials in December, it's only going to be required to release its financials again in June. Uh, mm-hmm. So COVID has been uh, has been there from February to till now, and uh, a company's uh, financials will not be out. So the general public will not really have an idea on how the company is doing because uh, they haven't released their financials yet. Maybe after the release of the financials, we'll see that movement in the market because now people will be having something tangible to really influence their decisions on whether to sell or to buy the shares. But of recent, there's been a slight decline in most stocks in the stock market. Maybe the market is anticipating that and there will be less revenues and less profits on the businesses that are currently trading on the stock market. But then that is just a, a wild shot. We can really uh, have, a, have evidence to really say that is so. It's just a wild. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for us to increase the volatility of the stock market in the country is for us to maybe change how we've been doing the stock market, uh, release financials every quarterly, and then um, digitizing our stock market. Because one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is because our stock market is not really digital. You have to, if, if I want to see a company, how it has been performing maybe for the past 10 years, it's very hard for someone uh, to understand because they don't have the digital platform. So uh, for us to increase that, maybe we should go the the releasing of uh, financials every three months and then making our stock markets digital. Yes, yes. Uh, those those points are actually very important in uh, making or help helping with the uh, with the stock market be more attractive to to the youth or upcoming investors, if I may say, because we live in a digital age. Uh, the youth like seeing things presented in a in a more uh, user friendly way. I want to see a graph. I want to see a table. Uh, I want to see uh, a more interactive way of communicating uh, something to me. Uh, see just gross numbers as it is in the stock market. Uh, just see gross numbers and uh, there's rarely ever tables for per stock. They would have a tables for the general market, but then per stock, you'd have to sit down and crunch numbers <laughs> for you to get uh, those tables. So it's really tiresome. And since it's not really available, uh, most people tend to, to not uh, be interested because it's a very labor, labor, labor intensive process. For, for one to really analyze the stock market in, 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 our, in our case. Uh, so do you think startups, because we talked about, uh, earlier when we talked about funding and, and uh, startups, do you think 
our local startups can list in our stock market and be able to make uh, revenue, create or generate revenue from the stock market? Yes, yes. Uh, in the past year or two, uh, our local stock market has been really has been really trying uh, to law companies to come and list because uh, we have been having very very minimal listing uh, of recent, and we only have uh, less than forty companies local uh, companies in the in the local in the local board, um, which is which is very few. But yet there are so many companies that are that are operating in the country. As we had said earlier about uh, debt funding, most companies uh, tend to to always uh, seek for funding from banks to grow their to grow their businesses uh, to facilitate operations. And uh, equity funding has not really been uh, something that is major in our case. But uh, I think the the initiative that has been taken by the stock market to try to lure businesses to come and list or to seek equity funding. Uh, will bear fruit and we'll see more businesses coming out and listing the stock market so that Botswana also can uh, participate in brands that they know, brands that they're familiar with and brands that they, uh, and that they, they know that if I, if I buy shares in this company and then go six services in this company, basically I am returning the money that I'm, that I'm using to buy in that company to me at the end of the day through dividends. So it will also help Botswana businesses to be more attractive to the locals. Yeah. yeah. Of recent, uh, during the pandemic, we have had uh, some, I'll say some bad news or some breaking news about our country uh, that is, has been blacklisted by uh, the European Union. What does what this blacklisting mean to us mm. as, the country and as an individual Botswana? Yes. Um, when it comes to, to the current blacklisting by the, by the EU, uh, it just goes on to say that uh, every society or government expects its laws to be followed and to be obeyed. And the financial services uh, are key to sustainability of countries and collecting adequate taxes enables governments to succeed in their mandate of providing services to its citizens. Money laundering, which is a the, the reason why we are blacklisted uh, steals from the people as such money may come from criminal activities which aren't taxed by virtue of being illegal. So international money managers operate guided by these principles and their shareholders hold them accountable and expect them to be followed. List they be charged for aiding criminal activities or shareholders and clients lose faith in those institutions which may lead to bankruptcy. As it has been hinted uh, by investment banks like JP Morgan and Chase, uh, are already terminating services to our Botswana institutions, which uh, this termination means that our offshore funds, which are kept in bank accounts abroad, uh, used to invest in international companies and markets, which provide better returns uh, as they hedge against the local currency swings, will be no more. Funds will be returned uh, and forced to be invested locally. Yeah. But uh, the amount of the funds that are offshore are so large that our local economy cannot sustain or cannot accommodate all these funds to be invested back home. And also these funds will be subjected to the swings of the cooler towards mm-hmm. the rent or towards the US dollar. So yeah. there'll be minimal returns. And also such funds, if they were to all be brought home and invested in home, 
they will lead to inflation, which is also detrimental to the economy. Uh, this blacklist thing has really is going to really because it hasn't the, the effects have not been felt as of yet. But also we have seen other platforms such as Skrill, which is an online payment uh, uh, platform, uh, banning people or yeah, banning people from Botswana from uh, from using it. And as we know, e-commerce is the norm of the day. We all, most of us buy things online. And so these online platforms are the ones that are used by companies and other entities and other stores online to facilitate for payments. So if you're unable to use these platforms, it means that now Botswana are going to be barred from participating in the international economy, oh. Oh. Yeah. which is really det- detrimental for, for, for our local economy. Uh, when there's also an opportunity for us as a country to develop our economy uh, to be able to sustain ourselves. I know we, we are living in a global world and we should uh, be able to trade with other countries. Uh, but talking about uh, other things, isn't it just the time that we should have a plan how to invest locally uh, so that we are able to uh, develop our economy to be able to accommodate some of the funds that we have put outside there. It's a it's a double it's a double edged sword, uh, in the sense that yes, when funds return back home, they'll be able to facilitate and fund projects that haven't not been able to be funded before because of those funds being abroad. And uh, we'll see, and you might see an increase in uh, in commerce and an increase in participation and entrepreneurship in the country, because those funds will facilitate for for Botswana to to get funding to push whatever projects that they had not been able to push before. But then, it's also because uh, certain things like currency, currency. Uh, Stability of the currency is dependent upon foreign foreign reserves uh, uh-huh. because they, they provide a hedge against the, the 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 volatility of the currency. So if all our funds are to put back home, the pula might be subjected to very wide <laughs> volatility swings, which might uh, end up leading us to have to devalue our currency even further to try to compete with with our currencies abroad, or even uh, uh, purchasing power of the pula abroad being less because remember those foreign uh, reserves can be used to purchase goods in other countries uh, America or, or the UK in the sense in the case of the euro uh, and their currency whilst now if we're to return all our money to Buda we'll need to convert our Buda's first to, to foreign currency which might be uh, if the Buda is devalued in this in this in, in this case will be way less than what we would have bought had we had uh, foreign reserves. So it's a double-edged sword in, this, in the case that the economy in the short run would experience a boom, but in the long run, it might not be the case. But then economy, the economics is, is said to not be uh, an absolute science. So one plus one is not equal to two. So we might try that, uh, invest the funds back home, and we might find that it actually benefits us just depending on what policies do we also use to mitigate that risk that we might be exposed to. Because at the end of the day, they say economics is not a complete science. That's, that's great. 
Um, the last one that I want us to talk about is our our real estate market in the country. Uh, we are seeing a lot of uh, it's the booming market or is it growing market? But as it as it it is a growing market, it's also an inexpensive market to go into in in the country. What do you make of the real estate market of our country? Real estate, real estate, uh, real estate is a uh, it's lucrative everywhere. Uh, lucrative in the sense that uh, there is a finite amount of land each country is allocated to. So if you have a, a commodity that is finite, that is uh, that is finite, that is uh, limited. Uh, as the population increases or the demand uh, increases, prices will always go high because now there's less and less and less of that commodity uh, to go around. So people will then charge a higher price uh, to those who are coming in into the market and want to purchase that commodity. Uh, so it's only fair that real estate prices are increasing. But as for me, I feel they're increasing at a rate that is not really uh, reflective of the economic status or economic uh, uh, climate of the country. Uh-huh. Uh, for the past 12 years, yeah. the real estate market has grown by over 800%. Prod prices have, have increased by over 800%. So if someone had bought a plot in, uh, in 2008, well, let me yeah. say 40,000, Right now, the same plot is going for almost 400,000, 350, almost 400,000, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is, uh, doesn't really reflect the, the economy or the purchasing power of, the, of, of Botswana. Uh, then one wonders, where is this extra, extra money coming from to purchase uh, such high-priced such high uh, real estate in the country? Uh, it's a bubble, if one may say. It's a bubble because re- the prices are increasing, but the underlying uh, commodity is not increasing in value or the value, the value of that commodity is not really being seen or expressed uh, to the public. And so one point or another, prices might, must go down, as has, as has been seen of, of recent with the uh, real estate uh, agents and property companies that have uh, been reducing prices of the buildings, more especially residential, that they've been selling. Uh, there's one that has been reduced from 1,400 to 1,200. That is a cut of 200,000 from the initial price to the current price to show that the market is really not uh, accepting the prices that are being offered to them because really it does not reflect the the purchasing power of the of the worker who is said to be able to afford that that property. So in the long run, we might see we might, we might see the real estate uh, industry uh, coming down and uh, having prices that are actually more realistic of the economic outlook of the country. Uh, as is, as also is with COVID. Uh, the government has already stated that, and the Minister of Finance already stated that we might be heading for a recession. And recession always comes with a loss of jobs. And yeah. so many people who might have taken loans, mm-hmm. mortgages to buy those properties might not be able to, to service those loans anymore. 
and might be and banks might be forced to repossess those buildings. Mm. And uh, if a bank repossesses a building and then has to sell it on the market at the current values, it might not find buyers, and the banks will be forced to sell at lower prices to try to to make ends meet or to break even with the with the with the property. So we might be seeing decreased uh, real estate prices or values in the short term. Yeah. In conclusion, our real estate needs to be regulated. In a way, uh, our real estate market needs to be regulated, even though Botswana is said to be a free market, uh, uh, in which the, the market is the one that sets the price or the values of, uh, of the goods. If a seller sells uh, a commodity to you and the buyer is willing to accept that price, that is a price. But then uh, in certain instances, such as real estate, which is a, is, a ba- is a basic need, is different from other commodities because housing is a basic need. So it needs to be made affordable to almost everybody. Yeah. It should not be only uh, free economic principles that apply, free market co- principles that apply, but also it should be made affordable to everybody so that every Botswana who can afford to buy a, a, decent, a decent house can be allowed to buy a decent house without uh, having to, to, to pay vast amounts of money to buy just a simple lodging. Yeah. Um, thank you for, for joining us. And it was really insightful. Uh, it was an insightful 42 minutes. I, it didn't feel like 42 minutes. I'm just checking my, my recording now and I see that it's said 42 minutes. Thank you for the insights, and we hope that you you'll join us more, and we'll talk more on other issues. I know that that there's a lot that we could have um, uh, talked about in in, in our topics that we talked about here, but because we are pressed for time, and hopefully uh, you'll join us, and we'll extend the invitation again. No, thank you very much for 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 having allowed me to to share with you. Yeah. Uh, and have yourself a good day, sir. Thank you very much. Good day.